Good evening, and welcome to the Actors' Roundtable. I am Bennington Hedsworth, your host. Joining us today, two exceptional American actors who have been for the last year toiling in very interesting roles. Joining us is Niall Spelden and Stacey Laramie, who play the title characters of Blurry Photos. Now, Mr. Laramie, please tell us about your character. Well, thank you for having me on. I play character David Flora. Uh, David is a southern gentleman who's very stuck-up-your-ass, always-by-the-book, good-looking fella. But uh, it's real hard playing a, a, a southern gent when you already got a western accent. Yes, very challenging. How did you come to the role of David Flora? Well, you see, I was doing some voiceover work for the stockyards. Caught a lot of auctions in my day. You know, I was just doing uh, doing a stint on the local radio station. And uh, producers called me up. Said, you know what? Like the cut of your jib. Like to bring you in for an audition. So that's what I did. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, Mr. Niles Spelden, a brilliant actor with a long career. How did you come to the role of Dave Stecco? Beddington, I'm really glad you asked me that question. Um, it was really, it was a really fun story. Um, I had just finished uh, doing Godspell for my uh, third time reprising my role, and um, I had actually originally read for the role of David Flora. Um, I felt much more of a kinship with um, his sort of ethos and his his perspective. And isn't it just so so interesting? What a what a blessed profession we're in that. Over the course of the audition, I found myself really drawn more to the Dave Stecco character, um, sort of a, a loud jackass sort, um, also devastatingly handsome, um, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that, and I've just, uh, I've just really, really enjoyed exploring um, uh, someone with a perspective like his. Um, I've had to uh, really adopt a lot more swearing which is something I was not accustomed to, um, and uh, really, really opening up my throat for, for loud laughing. Irritating laughing is something that's that's been a real challenge for me. Fascinating stuff. Both of you have been on such a journey. If I might impose, just for the briefest moment, is it possible for me to speak to Master Stecco and Flora? Is it possible? Oh, can I? Could I have them in the studio? Could I? Could I please have a word with them? I reckon we could do that. Um, certainly, if, if, if I could. Um, just, just a moment, please. <clears throat> hey, everybody! I'm David Flora, and I'm David Stacco. Welcome to Blurry, Blurry photos. photos. We are a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> In case you thought we were some kind of jib-jab masterpiece theater <laughs> inside the actor's studio. Oh, dude, we nope. inception the bejesus out of ourselves. <laughs> uh, thanks for taking that journey with us. Hope, <laughs> hope you're doing well. Uh, got a got a juicy show for you. Oh, man, we've got an awesome one. Uh, do you guys um, like your landlocked mysteries? Do you like mysteries just sitting you in the middle of, of a desert walk off your porch and and go yeah. right diving into the mystery there yeah wow that's that's pretty mysterious yeah that's cool oh really what if the mystery happens on the high seas <sighs> what surrounded by water that you cannot drink <laughs> you just got real cold ridge up in here technically you can drink it water that you should not drink <laughs> there you go 
Yeah, we're yeah. talking about maritime mysteries. How about that? Some some nautical uh, uh, no nos. <laughs> some naughty nautical no nos. <laughs> Yeah, ghost ships, what the hell have yous. Yeah, what especially we, we are heavy on the what the hell have yous yeah. this week. But uh, we're yeah. passing the savings on to you, you, you. <laughs> hey, write that one down. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We're we're gonna talk about some real creepy stories, yeah. uh, things that uh, seem creepy at first, but then we explain them away like jackasses. Yep, yep. We just pull a rug right out from under those dorks, and then uh, then I think we got some that are uh, still not explained to this day. Yeah. So uh, let's let's kick this thing in the ribs. What 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 do you say, Stacy? You ready to, <laughs> you ready to to rear this horse back and start trucking? You just broke character. <laughs> I just uh, violated the, the fourth wall of our podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, some of the most famous seagoing vessels that have been lost at sea or yeah. found abandoned uh, or otherwise. Yeah. What the hell have you? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell have you? <laughs> Uh, let's let's go through a little bit of what this stuff is. When we say ghost ship or uh, a phantom ship or or something along those lines, we're talking about a spectral image of a ship that once existed or uh, could be completely uh, mythical, could be a mythical ship. Yep. Um, or it's a derelict ship that's found adrift with a dead or missing crew. Uh, stories that we have of these things, for, for the most part, they're very anecdotal. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, many but, a sailor's yarn. But really understandably so. I mean, when you consider the history of, of nautical adventure, yeah. of, of of starting with reed boats to, to larger vessels that have to stay in sight of land, to those first boats, you know, especially imagine we've, uh, I think we've even discussed this before, um, Boats in the the South Pacific that made it between the islands of Indonesia, and mm-hmm. all of the um, Polynesian islands. Mm-hmm. These guys who get into small craft and there's no land in sight for days. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, and you and 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 as a result, you get uh, sailor superstitions. You get stories of sea monsters and mermaids. Oh, and, you get everything. Yeah, because the ocean is so huge. It is so terrifying just because it's there. Yeah. And so, and nobody knows anything about it, especially then. Yeah, and anything and everything can and will happen in a boat. Uh, uh, I mean, you have problems with uh, interpersonal relationships. You get huh. you get uh, uh, mutinies, disease, assault, piracy, drunken debauchery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, not only uh, drug addiction but drug withdrawal. All these things play out in extremely cramped quarters. There is nowhere to go. Yep. And so as a result, sometimes boats are found without their crews. Hmm. And uh, in some in these situations, there's many a time where there, there's just no one left to ask. Yeah. And besides that, uh, construction of the ships is a big deal where you get um, the bigger ships, you, you get losses of life while yep. building it. You get faulty construction, which does not bode well for the crews that man her. Yeah. Um, and, and that leads to horrific accidents yeah. that, you know, if, if we're talking about imprints in time, you know, from a, a very negative experience oh, or yeah. something, that's, this is just rife for that. And, and history is, is written in, in maritime conflict. Uh, you know, the, uh, some of the most amazing 
uh, points of history pivoted on on naval battles or the ability to resupply mm. by ship. I mean that we talked about that in the Revolutionary War episode. Exactly. It's it's such a an interesting endeavor. And so tonight we're going to focus on the weird stuff that happens in a boat. Do 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 do. Splash splash. Nice. Uh, let's start out with one of the most well known uh, cases that inspired. The famous Sir Arthur Conan Doyle <laughs> to write about it, write a story about it. it. It inspired many legends and tales and myths. The tale of the Mary Celeste. Yeah, classic. Now this is a this is a mystery that has has been uh, debated for a long time as to what exactly happened, and uh, uh, we're gonna we'll we'll tell you about it. We'll tell you about what uh, what they found, and and then the unfortunate thing. <laughs> Sort of unfortunate. In in our realm, it's unfortunate. They they kind of figured out what 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 happened. But- I don't, I don't find that unfortunate at all. It's still an interesting story, just because you know how it ends. I think, and I I've said this so many times, it's irritating that I love the stories that don't have endings, mm-hmm. which is great, especially given the nature of our podcast, because it works out that way a lot. But I am I'm still completely satisfied with a mysterious tale, and then at the end, they're like, oh, guess what. He was in your house the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So the Mary Celeste was built in 1861 in Nova Scotia, and she was a two-masted merchant brigantine commissioned for the transport of goods all over the world. Yep. Originally christened the Amazon. Hmm. Yeah. Those Nova Scotians were like, you're a big, strong lady. Let me break some champagne on your your prow. Bow prow. Prow or bow. Mm, pr- uh, prowl, right? Yeah, it 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 is the bow. I'm from Colorado. You're from Kentucky. We don't know shit about boats. <laughs> G- jib, G- <laughs> jib, keel. Did, did, did they break it on Stern? the on the forecastle? The forecastle, the forecastle. <laughs> Where's the bosun? Um, next to the coxswain. <laughs> All right. Uh, so she had a troubled beginning with uh, the first captain dying on the maiden voyage. Just after they uh, launched her, ooh, 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 ooh. the next captain apparently sailed her into a fishing boat, what? and they brought her back to uh, the shipyard where a fire in the midship uh, started up, and that cost a lot of money to repair. And then another captain had another collision after they crossed the Atlantic successfully for the first time. Jesus! So uh, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't a very uh, auspicious start for her. Is this Herbie the Love Brigantine? <laughs> was it a, was it an actual ship that just couldn't help staying out of trouble? <laughs> yeah, whenever somebody was being real mean, it <laughs> opened up its cargo hatch and flipped them off. <laughs> uh, after that, though, it was smooth sailing till about uh, 1872. Captain David Morehouse aboard the De Gracia spotted the Mary Celeste uh, at sea because they were on the, a similar course. And uh, uh, noticed that she was moving oddly with uh, her sails slightly torn. And when he looked closer, there was no crew on deck. So it was kind of weird. So after washing it for a little while, he pulls up next to her, sends a sailor over. And uh, the sailor looked around, saw a bit of standing water in the hold. The forehatch was wide open. The lifeboat was missing. The uh, sextant and chronometer were gone. A rope was tied to the ship, but trailing in the water 
with the other end frayed, and there was no soul to be found aboard the ship. The cargo of 1,701 barrels of pure grain alcohol... What, what? ...as well as the crew's possessions were untouched. So, thoroughly creeped out. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the sailor jumped how, back... How awful is that to have to inspect a ship... <laughs> It's it's like all those it's like every survival horror video game where it's just all hatches and sloshing water and yep. nothing else. Yep. And you know that every time you open a door or close a door something's going to be right there. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a, a skeleton sailor. Buh. That he he kills you with with fear. He doesn't even use like a cutlass or no. anything. Or you just back up into like a spike that was sitting there and you just off yourself cuz yep. you're stupid and scared. And then as you're dying, you're like is that real or did I just imagine that and I just killed myself cuz I'm an idiot. Oh, that's the uh, worst part. How many part. times has that happened to you, dude? How many times? Uh, <laughs> So, um, being a sailor is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Morehouse uh, threw a few more people on there, and they were able to uh, take the Mary Celeste back to port uh, for the insurance claims and salvage rights and all that stuff. And the cargo uh, of the pure grain alcohol was eventually uh, taken to its original destination, which was Italy, in order to fortify cheap wine. Huh. When they were unloaded, the barrels of uh, alcohol, nine of them were empty. Whoa. The rest, all present and accounted for. Hmm. So, this was a huge mystery. As, as a ship captain, you know, when you, when you start off, and there's some guys like, so you're hauling grain alcohol? He's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yep, nothing but turnips. <laughs> Just turnips. Got, uh, got a lot of crates of turkey feet. Yeah. Oh, they love those turkey feet there. They're gonna, gonna pickle them, pickled turkey feet. If you ichney on the alcohol lay, <laughs> yeah, that's you're you're starting off with a problem. Yeah, when when that's um, your. So uh, there were there were lots of accusations flying around. You know, yeah. everybody wanted to to explain it somehow or another. Here's some of the explanations they came up with. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, mutiny. Always, always delicious and plausible. Mm. So, uh, did the crew mutiny against uh, Captain Briggs of of the Mary Celeste? And by the way, his wife and uh, infant daughter were on board as well. Uh, mm. Did did the crew mutiny and throw them overboard, and then uh, uh, set off in the lifeboat themselves? Chances are no, because. Uh, Captain Briggs was apparently a very reputable man and very well liked and respected. And there was no uh, evidence that the crew was discontent in any way. So they don't think mutiny was the was an issue here. Yep. Another another possible thing. I mean, duh. Yar pirates. Pirates. Not just any pirates. The Ottoman pirates. Oh, yeah. Corsairs. Yeah. They were uh, pirates uh, and privateers who uh, home-based in Africa mm-hmm. and had... I'm actually really impressed with their range. Wasn't that the Barbary Coast? Is yeah. that the ones... Yeah, they had the Barbary the Coast. They had they they would prey in uh, the Mediterranean, the North Atlantic, as far north as Iceland. Jeez. 
and they would not only not only uh, nautical pillaging, but just regular pillaging, land pillaging, like Viking style. They wow. would just park their boats on the beach and assault. <laughs> like, hey, look out! We we don't need you to be on the water for us to come get you. Jeez, which I thought was pretty cool. Fearsome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, not terribly likely, as as we mentioned, pirates like yeah, to yeah, they take things. They're in it for the booty. <laughs> And all the booty was intact on that ship. If there were uh, uh, possessions that were to be taken and alcohol, right? And a pirate passes that up, yeah, th- they should just fling themselves into the sea. Yeah, you're not pirates at all. You're, you're not the pirates. worst. Yeah, you're just making a big mess for everybody. <laughs> so piracy, probably not. Yeah, it didn't seem terribly likely. How about debauchery? Yeah, how about it? How about it? they emptied those nine barrels down their gullets? Right. And then they threw the uh, the captain off, you know, killed killed each other, and then uh, uh, all flung themselves into the sea uh, in their drunken stupor. See, I'll tell you why I don't like that. I mean, people do when they're drunk. That's fine. But, like, if you're so drunk that you go to a murderous rampage, like... <laughs> Not, I mean, that's a, a ship full of dudes. Yeah. Not everyone's going to, A, get that drunk. And even if they do, not everyone reacts the same. So there's going to be, like, factions within that. Like, there's no sudden, like, no, everything was fine. The captain was a good and decent man. Have a beer. Let's fucking kill him. <laughs> his whole family. They're dead. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Want to tell me what to do, eh? And, and even so, you extend that. So say you get a group of guys who decide the captain and his family have to go. Sure. So they do that. There's still the rest of the guys in the boat the next day like, oh, what have we done? Everybody get in the boat. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it just, I, I don't feel like that ter- that holds up terribly well. Yeah. And upon inspection, there were no signs of struggle. Uh, there, there was nothing that seemed to miss in terms of uh, fighting or, or any weaponry that were, you know, there's no blood. There's just no evidence of of any kind of violence that happened. Yeah, and it almost seems like this this explanation that they, they, they abandoned the boat in the lifeboat, like in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> and they didn't seem to have brought any provisions with them. They didn't mm. bring their own personal effects. Seemed like they left in a hurry. Yeah, that, that, that none of that's consistent with like, oh, we need to get away with this. I mean, also, if you want to get away with it, it is a boat full of flammable liquid. You know, it's not hard to scuttle that ship. Hmm. Yeah, that's a nautical term, scuttle. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, there, Go ahead, check me, bro. There was also, I believe you, <laughs> lay off me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also the possibility that maybe Morehouse and Briggs, who knew each other, were committing uh, insurance fraud. Oh, I know that I like. That I can buy. And I believe that was the, the angle that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, took when he used this as inspiration for a story, but the, it was never proven. And I don't think, I don't think money was was handed out to where it would have even been profitable to to do that or worth worth the effort. You know what I mean? Right. So they're thinking that no, no, probably not insurance. Although that was the uh, top explanation for a while. So. What it turned out to be, so they think, this is the new front runner. This is the new hotness right here. Not not the old and busted? No. Okay. 
fumes from the uh, uh, barrels. Liquor vapor? Drove the crew off the ship in a hurry because they were scared of them combusting and exploding the ship into Kingdom Come. Oh, Now see, the nine empty barrels were made of white oak, and the rest of them were made of red oak. And it just so happens that white oak is much more porous than red oak. If you have any dry goods, you're going to go with white oak barrels. But if you have wet goods, i.e. alcohol, you want to go for red oak. It'll keep them sealed up. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, the white oak basically let the alcohol uh, evaporate. The fumes filled up the hold. Until everyone was terrified. And then when people got a whiff of that and could have even ignited some of it, um, you know, with any any of the, maybe a stove or, or any kind of fire on the ship, ignited that, well, it burns cool, but bright. Yeah. You know, it could have been a, a very terrifying looking uh, mm-hmm. fireball that, that could have shot out. Or it could have just been the fumes and the captain, you know, ordered everybody off the ship, uh, tied it, you know, tried to secure it uh, to the, sh- the the lifeboat to the ship and opened up the hatches to ventilate it, hoping, you know, we'll just stay in the lifeboat for a few hours, let this stuff air out to where it's safe to come back on, and then we'll deal with whatever is going on, you know, so we don't explode with this thing under us. And then all of a sudden a storm comes up. Yeah. And snap goes the line, and bye-bye goes the crew of the Mary Celeste, given into the uh, mercy of the sea, as it were. Yeah, which, I mean, and all that... All that's really consistent. I like that idea. So when they come upon this thing, they see the vents are open. They see the water is is in there, but not enough to sink it. The sails are torn, which would be consistent with, you know, being in a storm. There's a frayed uh, rope trailing it in the water. The lifeboat is gone. It looks like things are have been abandoned in a hurry, but not so much of a hurry to where it wasn't an orderly evacuation where the captain would be taking his sextant and chronometer. It's just very unfortunate all this stuff happened, but very plausible. I like that explanation. I think that makes good, solid sense. There was some discussion about... Uh, supposition like oh maybe the the ship's chronometer wasn't functioning properly Mm. there was a lot of water in the bilge because one of the pumps wasn't working and maybe he thought that the ship was in worse shape than it was but i i like i mean like the i feel like the 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 alcohol vapor idea kind of it checks all the boxes yeah especially if there were nine barrels that were made of white oak that were empty yeah yeah that that makes sense and then you've got a, a fast leaving of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're in another boat, you still need to keep your navigational equipment yeah. so that it gets taken. Um, you know, all those things kind of, that all make sense. I, I like that. I think that's a good explanation. Yeah. And then by the time the De Gracia gets there, all the fumes have evaporated. Everything mm-hmm. has, has been aired out, you know, because everything's open and it's been listing in the water for eight days. Yeah. So that's, that's what probably happened to the old Mary Celeste. Yeah. Boom. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So keep that in mind next time you're driving around with your uh, your giant barrels of liquor in your car. Red oak, people. Yeah. Red oak. Put them in red oak. All that butane that you have, you know, for the summer grilling. <laughs> Put it in red oak. Yeah. Don't if you if you're if you're trying to go green and don't want to use those metal canisters for propane. Red oak. <laughs> 
Now we mentioned this. We we mentioned how um, scared the the sailor must have been when he was ordered to search the ship. <laughs> there were many ways to scare a sailor. <laughs> That's the name of your biography. <laughs> there are many ways to scare a sailor. The life of David Flora. <laughs> and we're talking about. Uh, uh, <laughs> Make that an essay to the Atlantic Monthly. <laughs> By that, we mean uh, superstitions that, that sailors have. Oh, yeah. There can be a book full of them, I'm sure. Well, there are many books. I got a, I got a few here. I do, too. Now, a, a woman on board, while fun, was deemed unlucky. Yeah. How's that for irony? It's funny because a, a few of these stories that, that I read about these uh, ghost ships and, and such... Uh, a lot of them, the captain had his wife on board, just like the Mary Celeste. He had his wife on board. There were some others that there's a, a woman, you know, found. So it's it's weird too, because I feel like that's a more common superstition uh, yeah. among sailors is not to bring women on on board. Yep, women. They're just as dangerous on land. Am I right? Am I right? Oh man, uncharted oh. waters. Oh, I'll tell you, they get me every time. They get me. Oh, my goodness. How you doing, ladies? <laughs> I can't stay away. What can I say? Oh, boy. Oh, they'll get you. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> Let me... Thank you all for coming out tonight and listening to Burry Photos. We have a lot of fun here. A lot of fun. We have a lot of fun, don't we? Oh, we do. Jesus. Don't <laughs> uh, Spitting into the sea when you were leaving port was considered lucky. Well, that's just convenient. That's like saying, oh, well, it's um, saying yar is considered lucky. Like, they were going to spit anyway. Might as well make it lucky. <laughs> Tossing a coin into the water when you were boarding a ship was lucky. Yep. You were never supposed to mention pigs or rabbits while on board. That's just cuckoo. Never have flowers aboard? Really? Hmm. Uh, and you were not supposed to cut your hair or nails whilst at sea. Oh, that's the terrible idea. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I uh, I've learned that uh, as I get older I'm I'm uh I'm obsessive about my fingernails. Sure. Which causes me problems because I I clean my fingernails with a knife. Uh just out of habit. I just always have and I didn't I did not know that it creeps people out. I didn't know that yeah, I couldn't pull a knife out wherever I wanted and just start cleaning my fingernails because I do it I hardly on even the train pay, on the train in meetings at work. Yeah. Um, just walking around. It, when I met the president, I <laughs> I don't even look. Like I do it without even looking at it. And uh, I got I've been recently called out more and more often on it. And I'm trying to curb the habit of pulling a knife out and cleaning my nails with it. <laughs> I could not imagine oh, no that being unlucky. Well, actually, it is very unlucky because I'm pulling a knife out in inappropriate situations. But people don't like knives. Yeah. Uh, also, you weren't supposed to say the word drowned when you were on a ship. Oh, I can get that. I can get behind that. Sure. Uh, touching a sailor's collar. Very lucky. Interesting. A- at any time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, you're feeling like you need that little extra boost. Get yourself some collar going. Things you are not supposed to do or supposed to do, depending on which sailor you ask. Whistling. Oh. Yeah. Now, I because they whistled to... Uh, communicate with each other, right? Well, you, um, yes and no. Uh, in the con category, in the non-whistlers camp, it's considered to be a challenge against the wind itself. 
Oh, I see. Also, uh, it said that the mutiny on the bounty, the SS bounty, mm-hmm. was began with a whistle. That was the signal to to start mutinizing. Yeah, I remember that. <whistles> Get him! <laughs> 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 Run him through! Um, now, in the pro category, it's supposed to whistling is a signal to um, encourage the wind. Try to get a little bit more blowing in the sails. In the in the ambivalence category, in the take it how you like it category, there was a, a longstanding U.S. Navy saying that uh, anyone who whistled on a boat was gay. Again, take it how you want it. I mean, if you're on a boat and you're gay, that's maybe a convenient signal. Hey, sailor. <laughs> you. You know, uh, did you hear that guy whistle? <laughs> I think that dude might be gay. Or just like, you two fuckers, get over here. I'm sick of your bullshit. Hey, you think, I, you think that guy's gay? I think, did you hear him whistle? Yeah, he's gay. And you know hmm. what? They were right because you don't have to be effeminate to be gay. You can, anyone can be gay. That's way, right. Way to bring it home. I did bring it home. I, I I sort of made it sound like a sort of a like a, a red menace threat. <laughs> Anyone, <laughs> they could be hiding anywhere. <laughs> Check under your beds. <laughs> Terrible. Interesting. I, uh, that I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, that's funny because it's it's a damn stupid. stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to you want to hear? Speaking of stupid, you want to know what else is really bad luck? No. Bananas. <laughs> yeah. Bananas. Bananas. Because monkeys. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yep. Or or is it because spiders hide in there? No, no. Uh, it's because... And if we know anything about sailors, it's that they hate spiders. <laughs> and they bananas. Spiders off the submarine. Uh, sailors are no friends of potassium. So yeah, bananas, no thanks. Hmm. Limes, though. Limes are your best friend. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. Those are those are some superstitions for you. Try them out in your office again. Pretend uh, where you work is a boat. <laughs> Keep yelling at Steve to go to Portside, and he's oh, gonna man. get real mad. You know what? I am. I am. You know, we just missed uh, recently National Talk Like a Pirate Day. I wouldn't say I missed it, Bob. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, I think maybe I will treat where I work like a boat tomorrow. Believe that. Yar. Great. Let's uh, let's keep going on on some uh, scary, creepy creeps here. I believe we have the story of the Carol A. Deering next. Oh yeah, Do we not uh, the Deering. This is a, a really interesting twentieth um, century mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carol A. Deering. It was built in Maine in nineteen nineteen, mm-hmm. and uh, its job. It's a just a, car- a cargo ship. It's a five mast. Yeah, really beautiful. There's scooter. a there's a little nice photo of it online. Again, because it was 1919. Uh, in, ni- in 1920, it was supposed to go from uh, Norfolk, Virginia to beautiful Rio de Janeiro, carrying exotic coal from the north. <laughs> and they they left port, uh, and then they instantly had to go back into port in Rhode Island because their captain was sick. Hmm. And so the company was like, well, we'll find a substitute. And like anyone who's been in high school English class, everyone knows that the substitute is never as good as the captain. (laughs) And you probably are just there to make his life hell. Yeah, you don't respect him automatically. Nope. So they found this guy named Captain Wormel, who uh, was 66. And they're like, you're in charge now. 
and he he managed to get uh, get down to to Rio safely and soundly. Uh, made port in in Rio, TC'd some B, took care of business, <laughs> and uh, they left on December second. Uh, they stopped in Barbados, and that's when the trouble started. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The crew starts doing their drinking. They start getting squirrely, and I I love that they the the community of gossiping sailors is something that we ran across a lot in researching this. There's always like. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. He came in to the old shanty bar and he had himself three mint juleps. No, they, he did. And do you know what he said then? What did he say? He then? said that captain was a dirty so and so and he was going <gasps> to fix his wagon, but good. No. He did. What a ticket. What a ticket. <laughs> they do. I mean, like, they're like, oh, yeah, they were overheard in a bar drunkenly. It was, yeah, the, the sailor gossip was like the internet of the ages. Yeah, really was. And just as reliable. <laughs> um, and so there he there was some threats made against the captain by the first mate. The so first he, mate, yeah. Yeah, he said, I'll get the captain before we get to Norfolk. I will. Um, and for that, for that he was arrested. Because keep in mind, this is this is maritime law here. And you do not have to be Cherith Cute Story to know that maritime law takes threats against a captain very seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so he was arrested for that. And then uh, a few days later, he was forgiven no. and bailed out of jail by the captain. And that was probably a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> as far as we know. Sure. Um, because the next time the ship was seen was a month later uh, off the coast of North Carolina. And um, this was in 1921 by now. Yep. And uh, the Deering was hailed by a light ship and the captain saw a guy with reddish hair and a foreign accent, uh, told him that the vessel had lost its anchors. And uh, he, you know, the, the captain made note of this and his, but his radio didn't work. So he couldn't report it. Um, and he noticed that the crew was kind of walking around on the foredeck of the ship, which is not apparently uh, an area where they're regularly allowed. Yeah. No, no zone. Yep. <laughs> the crew was found to be in the no, no zone. <laughs> the um, crew was in the nethers of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three days later, the Deering is sighted run aground on some shoals off the coast of Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. Hmm. That area was known for shipwrecks. The yeah. shoals were a big problem there. Yeah. Uh, and so, but then they, they, they were, they tried to send rescue ships, but they couldn't owing to bad weather. So it was actually another five days before it was boarded. And they found that the ship was completely abandoned. Hmm. The ship's log navigational equipment, uh, the lifeboats, the crew's personal effects, everything. Bababoosh. I'm sensing a pattern. Yeah. And, um, there was some indication of a quick, leaving because it looked like food was beginning to get prepared in the galley. And then they just stopped <laughs> and, uh, they were going to, uh, salvage it, but again, with the weather and problems. So on a month later on March 4th, they were like, how about we just, uh, blow it up. I got this here dynamite. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. I got no better thing to do with it's, it. It's March. There's no holidays. I'm bored off my ass. Please. Please, someone tell me I can blow this boat to Kingdom Come. Are you come. sure we can drag it down off there and uh, just uh, put her back, I patch her up? I gotta tell you, I got a bad feeling. 
I've been yeah. looking at it, and uh, I heard a rumor that that boat was hauling bananas. All right. You want to well, get on that boat? You want to get on the banana boat? This, uh, you, uh, this dynamite's not going to blow itself up. You'll be my guest, but uh, you're going to be riding in a dinghy on the way back. I ain't having no, no banana lover on my boat. I ain't riding in no dinghy. All right, then. Blow it up. Blowing it up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's so hard to be the character of Dave Stega. It just... We don't have much in common. I used to sit on Navy Pier and watch them boats all the time. You know, I said, hey, that's my dream. Why, why, why do I got to wait for a, a magic fairy to come granted? I, I can, can take control of my own life. My guy retired from plumbing and started up an Italian beef joint. It's delicious. Thank you. So they blew it up. Yep. So what happened to it? What, what, what's the deal, yo? Well, they went down the quite regular list. Mutiny. Pirates. Weather, the Rothschilds, <laughs> the, the Gettys. Um, uh, no, they, they did a huge amount of uh, investigation of this. The government got involved and uh, Herbert Hoover, before, before his lofty uh, elevation to office of the president, uh, he actually used to, was then the Secretary of Commerce and he was involved in the... Uh, the Sweep up of it? <laughs> in the, the cover up. He vacuumed it up. Um, there were another. There were other boats that went missing in about the same area. Uh, most of those got explained away, but there was another one, uh, a sulfur freighter called the Hewitt, that also disappeared, and uh, they were found in the same vicinity later on. Hmm. The the thing is, the other missing boats. There was a, a really bad hurricane in that area. The other boats were assumed to be taken by the hurricane, but the the Deering and the Hewitt were proven to be sailing away from it safely. They did yeah. not get pulled into it. So let's go down the thing. So hurricanes. Nope. 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 They didn't get that. Piracy. Piracy. They, at Maybe. the time they still thought that that was possible. Um, there were rum runners, right? Yeah. The, the, the captain's widow really thought that it was pirates. That was, that was her theory, hmm. but absolutely no evidence of that ever cropped up in right. any direction. There was nothing that ever pointed in that direction. Um, here's one that's fun. Communist piracy. <laughs> yeah. There no, was, it wasn't pirates. It was commie pirates. That's right. Which is way, way, way before uh, it got cool to be, it was cool to blame the Russians. This is the hipster <laughs> movement of, of communism. Uh, but there, they did find in, in an office of the Communist Party plans to seize American ships and sail them to Russia. Um, and so there was, there was, it was possible um it's although a really crappy sailing job uh, yeah they they were just as good at governance as they were at sailing <laughs> uh so that did not really and again they never really found out any concrete evidence there hmm. uh rum runners was it was it a, a, a botched uh carjacking maybe could have been they would have tried to take the ship for run and rum but yeah. the ship was it it wasn't a very uh, conducive ship to you know secret rum running. Right. It's it's like a, a a you know one of those drug running operations stealing like a river tour boat. <laughs> like it's it just it's not good at that. Yeah. It's, it's like good it's like for... robbing a bank and getting away in a U-Haul. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cream chalk. <laughs> Faster. Um. I'm pushing fifteen. Get off me. Now, most most likely. Mutiny. Hmm. You know there was the there was some some paper trail leading up to this some some evidence that that there was discontent among the crew. Yeah. Um. The captain not popular. Didn't know the crew very well, and perhaps 
being near that that hurricane. There was a, some discussion about that. Maybe the captain's plan was to try to 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 cut into the storm, which mm. some advocate, and maybe that was the split. Maybe the 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 ship was supposed to go. They, the captain wanted that. There was a mutiny. They tried to get away, and then they they tried to take off. I mean, yeah. I I think that's very very plausible. Hmm. Or you could go with uh, with the old classic Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah, I mean, I I mean that's as much as I want to say about it because I think we're going to save that for its own episode. You're correct. Uh, and that's one got the, its... one of the vile vortices itself. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I I I think that uh, in the the actual official uh, investigation ended in 1922 without ever receiving a ruling. Yeah. They never actually landed on anything. I really like the mutiny idea. I like the idea that, that if, if everything had gone well, they probably would have just gotten through with it. I think that though that 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 cell of hurricanes, I think there was a lot of dis- I think there was a lot of disagreement about how to deal with that. Yeah. Hmm. And that was just the the old straw. Yeah. That uh, uh poked the camel in the eye and threw him overboard. <laughs> That's right. Um, cool. Yeah. Real mystery. Very, very mysterious. The Carol A. Deering. Boom. That brings us to the Orang Madan. Whoa. Uh, this is uh, this is a pretty creepy one and uh, pretty recent, too. Yeah, it's Dutch. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Dutch cargo ship that uh, is just rife with mystery. Yeah. So, uh, step one. Get yourself a Dutch cargo ship. <laughs> Step two, crash it in Indonesian waters. Step three, mystery ensues. That's the game plan for most, yeah. most things, too. <laughs> Get a ship, wreck a ship, wonder how. Uh, in 1947, ships and listening posts near the Straits of Malacca, which is near Sumatra. Yep. Indonesia. Picked up a sudden SOS message. The Morse code that came through said, All officers, including captain, are dead, lying in chart room and bridge, possibly whole crew dead. Then they got some indecipherable code, and then I die. And then silence. Buh. Hmm. So that uh, that stirred up some uh, some bees nests. Yeah, there. yeah that's you're going someone's going to make a phone call when that happens. <laughs> The source was triangulated, and the American ship, the Silver Star, raced to the aid of this uh, mystery uh, ship in trouble. Now, seeing a still craft, a craft that was just sitting in the water, not moving, gentle waves, so serene, they launched a boarding party that climbed aboard and then promptly shat themselves. Yeah, no doubt. This the, this is what we were threatening. This is like the true Hollywood movie terror. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the crew lay scattered on the decks, dead, with wide open eyes, faces turned upward, grimaces. Some of them had outstretched arms and looks of terror. Even a dog was found this way. No one was safe. Just after boarding, the party was able to, to check on all this stuff. They even found a man at the telegraph station uh, on board with his hand on the telegraph machine. Yeah. His eyes open, his face in a grimace. 
just like everybody else. And then they started seeing some smoke coming up from below deck. So they got the hell off the ship, got back to the Silver Star, and just as they were climbing back on the Silver Star... Kaboom! The... Movie. The Orang Medan. The whole thing went Bruckheimer. <laughs> exploded with such force that she, quote, lifted herself from the water and quickly sank, end quote. So, that's the story of the Orang Medan, quick and dirty. Yeah. And full of delicious what the f***. Yeah. I, I think I think a good place to start our, uh, our speculative investigation. The year is 1947. Lots of boats are carrying lots of explosives. Yeah, yeah. Lots of reasons to. Sure, sure. Just after the war. Yep. Uh, here's one weird part about this. Just the one. ship, there, there are no records of this ship existing. Could it be entirely fabricated? One of those classic sailor yarns that they spin while on the high seas. Yep. Or could it have been some kind of cover-up? Because if a ship is transporting something explosive, it's probably not doing so legally. Right. I mean, look at the Lusitania, Hmm. which was... I mean, just look at it. (laughs) Look at it, people. Uh, A passenger ship that was also carrying explosives Mm. covertly. (laughs) Not a good idea. Yeah. It didn't work out for them. Didn't work out. Um, Uh, You know, so you you do have ships, and and I'd be willing to bet, keep in mind... This is uh, the the Philippines. Huge amounts of abandoned uh, Japanese bases. Lots, I mean, munitions everywhere. I imagine there was a pretty thriving black market in abandoned munitions, weapons. Yeah. You know, whatever you found in a bunker, transporting it somewhere else. So there's a good chance these guys didn't register their ship. Right. Or it was a, a different name. Took on a cargo that they didn't understand, just knowing that someone's going to want it. Yeah. Um, what about, what about the explanation of clouds of methane or some other gas from the ocean floor bubbling up and engulfing the ship? You know, we're going to hear a lot about that because that does happen. That's a very real thing. Very common feature of an area near the Caribbean that is known for some nautical problems Hmm. we'll get into later. So, so ocean farts. Sort of. There is actually a frozen... Uh, it's a slurry. It's a slush that sometimes like a deep sea earthquake or event can expose. And so this methane just comes bubbling up. And the thing is that meth- people caught in this don't suffocate. They drown because if you take even in a sink or a, a fish tank, here's a good example. And you take uh, the, the thing that bubbles air for the fish, the aerator mm-hmm. and put it underneath a cork floating that cork drops the, the air changes the density because of the consistency of the air bubbles in the water changes the water density, thus changing the displacement of the boat. The boat will sink because the water is less dense. It's not displacing its equal volume. And so these, this bubbling effect causes boats to sink rapidly and without warning. It, the, the methane doesn't have time to asphyxiate anybody. It's not like a, this cloud that you can just sail into and not know it because the boat will actually dip into the water. So typically when ships have run across this and it has happened, their problem is just staying afloat. Hmm. Not, not necessarily the, any, any, and there are, if they manage to just skirt the edge of it, yes, there are issues with fresh air, but the immediate 
problem is just the the boat just just drops right into the water. Huh. Well, it didn't look like the crew had been drowned, according to the reports. Right, and nor was was that mentioned. There was no right. I mean, there's uh, imagine a lot of protocols for a ship sinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that none of that was mentioned. And this guy, you know, with his dying breath, is trying to get a message out that yeah. he has no idea what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what about what are you? Opa, aliens. What about them? Wow, that was that's the second time you've like done an elaborate <laughs> pantomime of the aliens Greek guy, and I both times was like, "What the fuck are you doing right now?" I don't know if I need to work on my object work or... It uh, looked like you were shaving your head and then you were shoving an extra set of teeth in your mouth. <laughs> that's what, uh, the, In my mind, that's what I thought you were doing. You can understand my of, confusion. It was just a lot of spinacopita. Yeah. Could be uh, aliens, you well, know? Then, yeah, what if, what if aliens uh, came over the boat and fired their alien weapon on the... <laughs> You know, they, the terrified expressions. Everyone's said to have this look of terror on their face. Yeah, Aliens yeah. will do that. Ghosts could do that, too. Yeah. Doesn't have to, doesn't have to be out of this world. Nautical werewolves. Uh, they were in the Philippines. Sea vampires. Aswangs. Aswangs. Oh, shit. Hmm. The, well, there's that. Yeah, the ship, the ship was carrying coconut oil, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. One of the front runners for explanations is like going back to what you were saying with the transporting of crap that they found or or uh, were going to take somewhere to sell off. Possibly, they were maybe carrying chemical weapons or or chemicals to make weapons. Yeah, uh, poison gas canisters mm-hmm. and uh, some of that stuff and nitroglycerin, to which some of the uh, some of the old gas canisters got a little seasick. Didn't uh, didn't sit well with them. <laughs> Poison gas, so seeped up, yeah, killed everybody, and then when they came over to look at stuff, the nitroglycerin reacted with seawater or something. Yeah, uh, it could have been that there, that there was yeah, if it was a nerve agent, usually odorless. Yeah, they would they people would just start dropping and convulsing, seizing, uh, having seizures, which you would get that rictus look to their face. No one would understand what the hell was happening. Crazy. Yeah. That's that's the going theory for this thing, and the, I think. I mean, and I'll bet you, probably case closed, had the boat not exploded, which, let's be honest, anytime something explodes, it, it just makes things more difficult. A lot of paperwork <laughs> with an explosion every time. Too much. Too, too much. much. But there is the whole other thought that maybe the country or, or some kind of government or... or governing body covered that up because they didn't want to be caught with uh, their pants down around chemical weapons, right? So they yeah. purposefully blew it up. I don't know. It's This one's definitely the creepiest yeah. just in terms of how it's found. Yeah. You know? It goes straight. I mean, it, 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 it it's like an episode of The X-Files. Yeah. Or Fringe. Never seen it. Gotta get on that, dude. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> y'all got y'all better leave. Y'all, y'all better get up watching French. So we've given you we've given you three pretty juicy mysteries. Yeah. Nautical uh, maritime nature here. Uh Dave, I feel like we don't have time to keep going through these, but I want more. 
Oh, really? I do. Thunder sound. Lightning round. Flora versus Stackle. Get over here. The arena living room. The temperature toasted. <laughs> well played. Stucco. Boo good. All right, let's kick it off. The SS Bechimo is a, uh, a big cargo ship built in 1914 in Sweden, and it worked in the Northwest Territories and... Of Canada. Of Canada, yep, and uh, along the coast of Alaska. Ooh. And here's the fun thing. It's a, a real ghost ship. Oh. It got stuck in the ice. And everyone abandoned it. And then a few days later, it was okay. So everyone got back on board. Then it got stuck in the ice again. Oh, no. Everyone abandoned it. And then they lost it. Oh, There no. was a big storm. And when the storm cleared, it just was gone. No. And here's the fun thing is that it just kept showing. They were like, oh, it must have sank. And then like six years later, somebody sees it. And they're like, oh, crap. And they like, and not, not just like from a distance. They like pull up alongside, put crew on board. They run around like, wow, this thing's just been sloshing around in the ocean. We should try to, you know, we should try to salvage it. Oh, we don't have any ropes. Well, let's go get some. And then it's gone. This thing, again, abandoned in 1931, last seen in 1969. Wow. Verifiably just bobbing around in the ocean. But not since. Not since. But Yet. I mean, how awesome is a boat that just can't be sunk no matter what you yeah. do? It yeah. just, for 40 years, dicking around. Coming back, yeah. yeah. Flora. How about the schooner Jenny? In 1860, the whaler Hope was near Drake Passage at the southern tip of South America when some ice shelves began breaking and suddenly a ship floated out, boarding the ship like you do. The crew found the ship frozen, crushed, splintered, and with seven men frozen solid standing upright on the deck. Creepy. Yes. <laughs> we keep, we're keeping on this. Yeah. Uh, in, in the captain's quarters, they found the captain sitting at his desk, pen in hand, frozen stiff. Also found were a woman and a dog, similarly frozen. Poor dogs, man. Don't bring yeah. the seed, yo. The logbook said May 4th, 1823. A bit nippy. Which, which was 47 years prior what? to the finding of it. It said, quote, no food for 71 days. I am the only one left alive. End quote. Ugh. Sounds terrifying and awful. Uh, ice is not a ship's friend. No. As we uh, have learned. Round two. Stacko. The Aim High Six. It was a pretty sweet boat. It's a Chinese fishing vessel. Uh, found without its crew in Australian waters in 2003. Very recent. What? Yeah. Um, ten years ago? Yep. Doesn't that yep. hurt to say, though? Ten yeah. years ago. Oh, 2003. I, I still think the last decade was the 90s, and I'll do that till I die. Lightning round! Now, the, uh, the boat was uh, registered in Taiwan, flew under an Indonesian flag, and found in Australian waters. It had a lot going on. Yeah. And it was just found empty. Now, they were actually able to track down one member of the Indonesian crew, and... It was uh, an asswing. Yep. Asswing. And what they finally figured out, they're like, oh, the, the guy they found was like, yeah, yeah, we killed the captain and the engineer. Here's the thing. Never really said why. 
Jasper's like, yeah, that happened. So. So, coconut oil? Yeah. Uh, do I need a lawyer? Yeah, so that's it. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes things go wrong on a fishing boat. <laughs> sometimes you need to kill some people. Yeah. Hmm. Round two. Fight! El Caluche. A Chilean, aye, 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 aye. a Chilean legendary ghost ship which sails near the small island of Chiloe at night. Wait, what's the name of the ship? El Caluche. Dramatic guitar. <laughs> I thought you were going to call me out of my horrible pronunciation. Not at all. all Just right. had to get that guitar in there. El Caluche. Dramatic guitar. Uh, it could be a sentient and aware being all of its own. Whoa. It's described as a beautiful, white, three-masted sailing ship with many lights and the sounds of music and revelry on board. It can appear and disappear at will and can even navigate underwater. Here's the deal, dude. Okay. Harbinger of doom. Bum, bum, bum. To see it is to soon afterwards die and join its ranks of the drowned damned. It's, it's like a Spanish flying Dutchman. Yes, it is. El Caluche. Dramatic guitar. Round three. Stacco. Fight. The Queen Mary is a very famous ship. Uh, never sank. Never exploded. Oh. It is a, a tourist destination right now at Long Beach, California. Um, it was uh, sailed in the North Atlantic from 1936 to 1967, which is, you know, pretty awesome. But it is said to be notoriously haunted. Yeah. Uh, people have tried. They do EVP recordings on there. It's like they do ghost tours. But it is a famous haunted ship that is now permanently docked uh, in California. And you can visit it and hang out on it. It's been featured on, on things like Ghost Hunters and Paranormal Discovery Channel. Wow. <laughs> It was even on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. There you go. That's how you know it's it's made it. Yep. If Robert Stack's interested, I'm interested. <laughs> Flora. How about the USS Scorpion? It was an American skipjack-class nuclear submarine launched in 1959, which disappeared in 1968, along with a crew of 99. A few months after being lost, the Navy found pieces of its hull on the ocean floor and launched an investigation as to why uh, pieces of it were laying on the floor. Did they find the lifeboats? Did someone launch the lifeboats from the submarine? Oh, never mind. Survivors were launched from the torpedo tubes. Uh, according to acoustic evidence from the hydrophones at the time, the Navy told the public the cause of its sinking was unknown and thought to be some kind of internal explosion or an implosion. Here's the deal. Some researchers have claimed this is a cover-up and said it's tied to one of the biggest traitors in American history, John Walker, who sold naval secrets to Russia during the Cold War. Whoa. The Scorpion was investigating a group of Russian ships in the Atlantic when it went down, and speculation has centered around Walker giving Russians a heads up, which they used to then sink her. Um, uh, all of this, of course, uh, speculation, very muddled, with all, you know, military secrets, dismissals, hearings that never were, jib-jabs, 
it, it's 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 one of those uh, you know did it happen yeah. did it not happen Cold Is War could have been because I mean you, you maybe they they was proven to be blown up by the by the dirty Reds but they were like is this worth going to a huge war over right maybe we'll take this one we won the missile crisis they get to have the boat and I guess was, they didn't know about the missile crisis yet it hasn't happened but you know. <laughs> Uh, they were they were hoping for one, and we also didn't the want the Russians to know about our time machine. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, the the Russians had accused them of of uh, shooting down a Russian submarine prior to that, and some people have speculated that this this was them taking revenge on that. Which would be what, what a cool thing if all of that if all that paperwork came up and there was like this secret naval war being fought. Submarines blowing up submarines, and everyone in both Kept countries. It hush, hush. Yeah, just this totally super quiet war. I think that's fascinating. I wish that was happening. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what happened. Uh, uh, sad for the poor souls that aboard. Yeah. Uh, the old Scorpion, but uh, cool name for both. Never know. I'll bet you had they had awesome unit patches. <laughs> Let's hope so. So ends the lightning round. Thundersound. <laughs> awesome we just um, we just brought that boat safely into port there you go yeah no no mysteries about that Mm-mm. but man you know what though I, what's it what's when, when i brought the anchor up i mean we're gonna have to we're probably going to dry dock and do a serious overhaul because man you know what we collected on the underside of our boat oh god are we gonna have to scrape off a bunch of puns oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, Flora, you went first last week, right? I did. Thanks for thanks for noticing. Yeah, no problem. You want to go first this week? Nope. Oh, it was a check, Ray, dude. I'm so ready to go. All right, uh, right off the bat, I've got a, a set of nautical pants. Problem is, is that seawater is terribly corrosive, and cotton just doesn't stand up to the task. What you want are pants that could actually be just left in the ocean for 30 years and they would just float around and bob around. That's why I've released Dave Stecco's SS Bay Chinos. <laughs> Chinos. The flat front pants for the uh yeah. <laughs> for the nautical adventurer. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'll have to pick me up a pair. Mhm. Probably at uh, Patagonia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh I I've, I've got a real nice car. Mhm. It it looks nice on the outside and everything, but how many doors in that car? Only two. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you have this too? No, but I like where you're going. It might uh, it might just scare you to death and blow up on you. Whoa! It's the Orang sedan. Yeah. All right, I got I got one from Good that category Lord, for you. You 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 just struck me out. Yeah. <laughs> I read the defense in the backfield. Yeah, I made you really the necessary did. adjustments. <laughs> Switched from a zone to a man coverage and was able to limit the amount of yardage you got on that play. <laughs> I've been watching so much football. Swing and a miss for me. Uh, no, I've, I've got one right there with you. There was one story that we didn't get to tell, um, and it's actually about a uh, cargo vessel. It launched out of San Diego in 1968, and uh, it was actually hauling um, agricultural machine parts. Um, and its its intended destination was uh shanghai port of shanghai and it um stopped over in hawaii for one week uh parts and refit brought on some extra crew then uh radioed shanghai and uh say we were two days out 
And then two days later, this ship showed up at the port and unloaded its agricultural equipment. That's the tale of the boring Madan. <laughs> the crew had wonderful faces, <laughs> full of ecstatic joy. Yeah, um, you know, the some dog of them, was happy and playful. Yeah, some of them were. Some of them were um, really happy to be there. Some of them not so much. Um, the food was okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've got a store for you. Oh, God. This place sells paper goods and envelopes. Mm-hmm. But every time you go in there, nobody ever seems to be in there. Oh, man. It's just empty. It's the stationary Celeste. Oh, nice. Flora, we are in lockstep on this because I also have a store. No. Yeah. It's uh, Carpentry. A uh, guy opened a store. And he, what he does is he provides cabinetry for dishes, but he doesn't like like a full cabinet. It just hangs on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Flying Hutchman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good puns. I, I hear those things are good underwater too. Oh yeah, yeah. Good puns. Well, if you're if you're getting a bonus one, then I'll throw you a bonus one. All right, bonus me. This uh, this is a terrible one on the fly, but it's. Uh, it's a bar. Mm-hmm. You might like this. It's a bar where everybody gets drunk and threatens to kill each other. Fuck yeah. The Carol Beering. <laughs> I like that. Oh, gosh. All right. There Buns. you go. Yeah. So that's uh, nautical mysteries for you in a, a very, uh, an empty, spooky nutshell. Yeah. Maybe frozen. Then it explodes. Boom. Uh, I came across this ship. Uh-huh. It's floating out in Lake Michigan here. Oh, just, no way. So I swam to it, and nice. there's nobody on board. It was just completely that, empty. That's awesome. It's yours, then. But there was a there was a logbook, the captain's log. Really? Still there, yeah. Don't make this a toilet joke, please. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> no, Hold on, I need to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was something written on, on the last page of it. Oh, shit. And the title of, of the entry was Listener Mail. What? Yay. Yeah. We got a we got an email back from our friend Peter in Ireland. Nice. And uh, uh, we asked for it, and Peter delivers. Yeah. We asked for uh, uh, any legends from Ireland or anything that he he knew that he could relay to us. Well, he can send us an email about yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, how about this, you bastards? He sent us a link to a page uh, that's about a cryptid that's local to his area, mm-hmm. so we can probably track him down. Oh, man. And uh, and go foiting and drinking with him. <laughs> with him, not against him. With him, yeah. And maybe in that order. Uh, the fight your way to the bar. And then drink your way home. <laughs> that's right. I, I feel really self-conscious when I'm doing the Irish I accent know, for... Oh, there's part of me that screams, you have to do it. <laughs> He's already called this out once, and now I it's know, in my head. I know, I it makes It's it's tough. It's it's really... You guys, it's real tough. It's, it's real tough to do these, uh, these characters. I just have a hard time deciding if David Stecco would ignore the fact that he's irish or would that make him really invest in the irish it's it's such a difficult call and you know what i need to do i just empty my mind and i just let dave stacko decide <laughs> i can't take this shit anymore 
yeah, apparently the, the cryptid's uh, name is the Doraku. Ooh, it lives in a lake? Yeah. Nice. I love lake monsters. Yeah, Doraku, apparently, according to the site that he sent us, stands for water hound. Ooh. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, a really cool little. Uh, I don't want to go with too much cryptid. into it because we might have to. Uh, we might have to, to talk about this guy in the future. It's, that's true. We yeah. might have to have a an Irish Legends too. Oh, or Irish just harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it on a plane this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, there, there's also uh, a poem that goes along with this. So well, save it. No, yeah, we, save it. No one can to, hear that yet. They're not ready. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Peter, so much for, yeah, for sending you. us that. If you got any more, you know, keep sending them our way. And if you know hot Irish women, you will be our new best friend. <laughs> or at least mine. Flora's spoken for, but not me. I'm singling mingling. Sorry, Irish lasses. That's all we had this week. We, yeah. we had a, a big old explosion a, a couple weeks ago, and, and then we got all that mailbag emptied out. And yep. Now, now the well's running dry again. That's up to you, people. Please harass us. Send us your puns. Send us uh, uh, any questions or comments, thoughts that you might have about the the jib jabs that we flip flab. And um, if if you don't want to do that, uh, at least you can do is go like us on Facebook. Yeah. Or uh, uh, subscribe to our Twitter feed. Blurry underscore photos. Yeah. Write us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. Do you know who our newest listener is? Who? My mom. <laughs> My mom listens to our, uh, my mom and stepdad listen to uh, our podcast and they really enjoy it. They think they're awesome. We're awesome. They think that you are a a professional radio DJ and my mom believes you to be the next Ryan Seacrest. Um, I, I appreciate that Mm -hmm. more than you'll know. Yep. Uh, but I'll never have the jawline of Ryan Seacrest. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. You know, reconstruction, you can do whatever you want. Just, just go Michael Jackson. Just get so weird that you just disconnect from your own physical appearance. <laughs> David Flora is a concept from here on out. <laughs> Episode 78, yeah. David Flora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what began as a man from Kentucky has become something few understand. <laughs> and fewer still want to understand. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. th- thanks for jumping on the old uh, bandwagon here and go back and uh, go through our archives. Yeah. I have updated the archives page. Don't know if you've checked it out or not, but um, it, it's real cool. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Oh, and I've got a, a cool fun plug type thing. We should have mentioned this last week, but it actually got edited faster than we thought. I didn't think it would be out till this week. Uh, I was a guest on uh, the very talented uh, Dottori Bellordo's podcast. Uh, Blastro podcast. Hmm. Um, it's uh, Dottori Bellordo is a man of science and roommate to the very talented improviser Mark Soloff, hmm. who has a minimal impact on the uh, the podcast. It's mostly Dottori's job, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And so uh, I've listened to it. It's a, it's a very entertaining episode. Yeah, and it's a great podcast. It's a ton of fun, and it's it's hilarious. The, and, yeah, say it, the, drop it. The Parsec Award winning yes. Blastro Podcast. Blastro Podcast won the Parsec Award for uh, comedy and speculative fiction. So that is huge. Congratulations. Yes, very high congratulations to that. So do yourself a favor and listen to that podcast in its entirety each and every time it comes out. 
but start with my episode because it's really awesome because I'm in it. We uh, we also would like to thank the guys over at Talk Hard uh, because we were just guests on their show yeah. this past Friday and uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. And uh, if you were in Chicago and came to the show, thank you. It, you are the truly our most beloved people. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, like we said, if if you know somebody uh, who doesn't know us, introduce us. Yeah, see uh, see what you what they think. And as uh, we mentioned last week, the like war rages onward. Yep, keep like, uh, you got to like us on Facebook. Get your friends to do the same. Get your friends su- suggest that stuff to them and and uh, get us as many likes as you can. Yep. Um, not only does it help us, but but it also makes us better than the the swell folks at uh, uh, Fairpoint Podcast. And that's what's important. And that really. It's when you, the only, when you boil it's it the down. only way we can measure how good we are at anything, or <laughs> our value as human beings. Did Did you hear they stole a joke from us and then called themselves out on it, and then we're like, we don't care. <laughs> good. That's right. <laughs> Just take whatever you need from us. We were done with that joke anyway. Enjoy the sloppy joke seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. That uh, that'll about do it for us. Yeah. Though. Oh yeah, we're on YouTube too. Uh, Blurry Photos Podcast. That's mm-hmm. that's on there. Man, I need to get back on there and, and keep cranking those out. Uh, stumble upon. So for this episode of Blurry Photos, I am your substitute captain for this voyage, David Stecco, and I'm the last entry in the logbook, David Flora. Was <laughs> 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 Lonely bell, ting, ting, fog bank sound. Didn't know I had that. Yeah. <laughs>